Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling podcast. Now the first thing I need to do uh, before we begin is apologize for the not only the lateness of this episode, because I already know how late this is going to go up, but also it may be a little bit shorter than uh, the usual length time. And that is because this, and don't get me wrong, I hate me too, I know I'm an asshole, I am off to all in. This week, I'm covering it for What Culture. So if you haven't, please do head over to What Culture Wrestling, the YouTube channel, and subscribe. A load of content is going up. When I mean a load of content, wrong way around. When I say a load of content, I mean a load of content. And with the bank holiday, if you don't live in the UK, we had a bank holiday on Monday, and I was away. It's just meant trying to play catch-up has been ridiculously hard, and I still want to get a few other things filmed and recorded this evening to make sure we pad out the week as we would if I were in the country. So I will apologize now, um, and yes, I hate me too. I know, what an asshole I'm going, but my idea with going to All In with What Culture is to try and bring the experience into your living room. So hopefully I can do that, and we can kind of enjoy it together, and wouldn't, uh, and wouldn't, that, be, um, wouldn't that be lovely? I think so. I think that would be a lovely thing, uh, a lovely thing all around. I'm not going to do any predictions or... You know, try the thing with All In is it's such a, a show unto itself. I know it has built into some other things, and obviously, um, uh, becoming the no, what's the YouTube show by the Young Bucks called? Being nearly, I was say becoming nearly. That doesn't sound right. Being nearly, it ties into some stuff there, but really, it kind of is ex- exists in its own bubble. So, I'm not going to go through it and, and and predict the matches because I just don't think it's. I mean, the only one I really have or that I would expect. You never know with Cody Rhodes. You never know. But I would imagine Cody Rhodes is going to win uh, the NWA Championship just because it ties into everything with his dad. And, you know, it's kind of his show as well as the Young Bucks. And I just think that would be a nice way to... to, I think everybody in the arena that evening is going... You know, that's going to mean something to people. And it's uh, something that, you know, that we can talk about going down the line. And it builds a story if they do decide to do an all-in two. So it is a big week for professional wrestling. I, I, I don't like hyperbole and I don't like to exaggerate, but I do think it's fair to say that if, his, if All In is as big a success as people are hoping that it will be, you know, they, they sold out the arena, 11,000 people in Chicago, uh, they've got all this stuff going on with StarCast that, you know, Fight TV's covering it, you can watch it, and, you know, they've kind of made it into their WrestleMania weekend. And if, you know, if that can catch on and people like it and it's not just a one and done, there's no reason why this can't become an annual thing. You know, September the 1st or whatever it's everything. Early, you know, the first week of September, last week of August is reserved for this show when New Japan, Ring of Honor, I guess PWG could argue as well. But, you know, all these independent companies, I mean, New Japan's not independent, but you know what I mean, come together to, you know, celebrate pro wrestling. And that's kind of what WrestleMania is. I know that serves as a culmination of storylines and then on the Raw the next night, it serves as, you know, WWE starting anew almost. But there's no, you know, this because it's the first one, you can start doing that. Maybe Ring of Honor in New Japan can come up with, you know, different ideas for television that cross over. You just don't know. And I would, I would certainly like that, especially given the time of year that it falls. I know we're quite removed, we're only a couple of weeks removed from SummerSlam. But, you know, having a big event that is non-WWE related in September, that does fall kind of, you know, six months between, you know, half the halfway period between manias. I just think there could be something there. We're going to have to see how it goes, how it's pulled off, you know, what the reaction is, how the card goes. You know, there's so many, there's so many variables, especially because 
of everything that is happening at Starcast in the two days beforehand, or the day beforehand, or just around the weekend, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that is much like WrestleMania Access. You don't really hear too much about that unless you're there. You can go out your way to watch YouTube clips and stuff, obviously. But, you know, when you are in that environment, having all of that does make it feel like you're part of something special. It makes it feel like you're part of an event. And I imagine that was the idea here, and I genuinely think that if the Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks can be successful, we have something exciting on our hands now that could all change. Of course it could all change because what happens in January? You know, I think that uh, I think that's when a lot of the contracts are up for, for negotiation. Does Cody go? Does Young Bucks go? Does Kenny Omega go to WWE? If you're going to put a gun to my head right now, I'd say no. I think given that, you know, that we're knowing they're hitting the, ce- uh, hitting the ceiling with this indie thing. And as Cody Rhodes says in an interview recently, he'd find it very difficult to now go back into a world where he's produced and told what to do. I think... It just doesn't seem to make sense to me right now. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Cody and all of those guys are going to be just as valuable to WWE in a year's time, in a year half time, as they are now. Even if the bubble did burst, which I definitely don't think it's going to, but even if it did, they're still going to have worth and WWE's going to have a load of cash from their TV deals. So I just don't think, <coughs> excuse me, I don't think there's any rush at all. And I think doing it now without waiting to see what's going to happen on the other side... I'm not going to say people are going to regret it. You know, they, they know themselves better than I do. Obviously. Of course they do. Imagine I said that I thought I knew Cody Rhodes better than Cody Rhodes knew himself. It sounds like I'm cutting a promo on him. And you'd be right to tweet him and go, Simon Miller's absolutely mad. But I'm not going to say that. Of course I don't. But it's interesting times. And I do think it's a really important week for professional wrestling. I thought SummerSlam was awesome a couple of weeks ago. And if we can come out the other end of this feeling the same... You know, just a great time to be a wrestling fan. We don't have to worry about the controversy and the politics and the competition. We can enjoy it. We don't have to worry about it too much because the bottom line is it's more work for the wrestlers and more, you know, product for us to sit down, watch and decide which one we like. And I got no problem if you're a WWE fan more than a pro wrestling fan or you just want to watch Ring of Honor or New Japan, you know, exclusively is your thing. I don't care as long as you are enjoying pro wrestling. Right now, the options are, they're in abundance. They're in an abundance. You can do whatever Whatever you want, and that's really why I am um, uh, I'm excited about about all in. So yes, next week on the podcast, I will run you down of my tales of Chicago and let you know what I got up to, what I did, who I spoke to. But of course, you can keep up to date with all of that uh, over at What Culture Wrestling, where um, all the content is going to be fed to. Yeah, but this also does tie in as well because if you are a member of my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Simon316, and it is because of the patrons I'm able to do these podcasts. So thank you very much for them. But um, yeah, as I'm going away and it's going to be harder to get sort of video content out, which I do on my YouTube channel, look at these seamless plugs, youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report Rules. I'm going to try and keep you updated there just with a, you know, a few blogs and you know, trying to give you a day-to-day running commentary almost of what I've been doing. And you're on that note as well, if you do listen to the podcast and you get anything out of it and you've got a dollar hanging around, if you could head on over to patreon.com forward slash Simon316 and throw it in the bucket, that would be awesome. Because, you know, just to be completely transparent, as I always try to be with all of my content, it's a major way that I make my revenue streams or my finances or whatever you want to call it. And without that, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. So, yes, that would be that'd be absolutely wonderful. And of course, you can come on the podcast as well on our Friday episode, which we will do this week. I'm going to uh, record one later this evening so I can get it up on Friday, even though I will be thousands of miles away. Uh, but yeah, but all the information is up there, and any support really does help me, and I would appreciate it no end, and I'll thank you till the end, uh, the end of time. Right, this week, I mean, look, this week for me, it, it, it's all, we've talked about it. We're not going to talk about it again. But it is, you know, all in. I feel take if you, you know, if you you are a wrestling fan from all, all walks of life, 
you know, I, I think that all in is taking over to the point that, you know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated came out and Kenny Omega uh, is the number one on their 500 list. Doesn't surprise me, really. I mean, the weird thing about PWI is it's half kayfabe and half real. So it really is an interesting thing to try and read. It's fun, though. I like it. I, I like the way they do it. But, you know, he, he was number one on that. I think number two was, I knew this, number three, uh, number two is AJ Styles. Number three was, come on, Tom, you can remember. I remember the number four is Brock Lesnar. I think number three was Braun, no, Carter, of course it was. And Carter was number one last year. Number four, Brock Lesnar. Number five, Seth Rollins. I've got it open now, you can tell. Number six, Braun Strowman. Number seven, Roman Reigns. Number eight, Cody. Number nine, Naito. And number 10, The Miz. Now, you can't really take that, you know, Serious is the wrong word. I love their list. I think it's fun and it encourages debate. The point being, tying into why I feel like this whole week is to do with uh, with All In, you know, Kenny Omega is front and center there, the, you know, the New Japan champion. So, um, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, the WWE still, uh, you know, Raw and SmackDown this week I thought were fine. You know, I thought I, I thought they were fine, but I'd be lying if I said they didn't feel like they lost momentum from what they had seven days previous to this. Uh, I thought everything falling out of SmackDown felt really quite fun and really quite exciting. And Raw and SmackDown this week were all right, but they didn't, they, they lacked, they kind of felt like, look, we've got a long time to go before Hell in a Cell, which I believe is in three weeks. I'm looking it up in case you're interested. I always like to get my date right. It's September the 16th, which is two weeks Sunday. Yes, so about three weeks away from two and a half weeks from where we are now. And I felt like these episodes were the ones where they needed to progress without, you know, overextending the stories too much, because then when you get to the go-home show, you're like, oh, we've done everything, you know, we, we've done everything we wanted to do. The real talking points then from Raw, we'll start there, are, of course, now look, I understand the arguments and the debate, and that's good. When wrestling can always encourage that stuff, I think it's fun. But I think you're really pushing it a little bit if you don't describe what happened with Braun Strowman as a heel turn. That is what WWE was trying to get it across as. You know, he teamed up with the heels. He was in control. He gave Drew McIntyre a little nod. Admittedly, he didn't turn on Roman throughout the match, and he waited for you know McIntyre and Ziggler to pick the pieces, and then he just jumped in. But I'll be amazed if you know Vincent Mann, whoever signed off on that, didn't see that as Braun Strowman going heel. Simply because they're so desperate to get Roman Reigns cheered, they're actually willing to sacrifice a guy that, you know, it was, it was over anyway, but, you know, over as a baby face. So it's a very strange, it's a very strange decision. I don't know how it's going to play out, so it's difficult for me to criticize it too much. But ultimately, we're meant to be cheering Roman Reigns. You know, he's meant to be portrayed as the good guy, and the bad guy is going to be Braun Strowman. Now, the only thing I don't get about, and I honestly don't mind it, because I still believe the fans are going to do whatever they want anyway. WWE can bang this drum as loud as they want. It doesn't make a difference in 2018. So, in many ways, it's irrelevant sitting here and going, well, he's a face and he's a heel. No one's a face and heel anymore. It all depends on what the fans want to do. But... It's, I mean, it, it is difficult because Roman Reigns still sells loads of merchandise and he does, you know, he does make a difference when he's on house shows. So there's a reason he should be in that number one uh, you know, face of the company slot. But it just seems strange to me after everything we've done and finally drawing a line under the Roman Reigns experiment with you know, him beating Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam to then take someone that WWE spent a lot of time and investment in becoming someone that feels like a big deal and then switching them back heel. And a lot of people came you know, on Twitter and said to me at Simon316, cheap plug, well, I don't, I don't see it as a heel turn. Or, or you know, I, I don't think Braun uh, has ever even turned face. And that ties into the argument, again, you could argue he's a face because that's how the fans 
treated him. I mean, every time that raw hit, everybody goes crazy. And it happened in Toronto, and they weren't really booing. I mean, they booed him a little bit, Braun Strowman. But you can imagine throughout the weeks and months to come, that's going to be dependent on the city. It's not like this is going to be a, you know, a super 100% everyone's booing this guy heel turn. What I don't understand mostly is what WWE expects to happen from this. I don't all of a sudden think that Roman Reigns is going to get cheered. We're long past that point simply because how, how you know, what, you, you, nothing's going to change. If nothing else, it's become too much of a habit than anything else. So to all of a sudden think, well, we'll turn the guy that everybody liked bad, and that there's no reason. Maybe it'll get people to cheer, cheer Bra- uh, Boo Braun, but it's certainly not going to get people to cheer Roman. Like coming at it from that to that vantage point, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me. But it, but that doesn't necessarily either. Think I don't think it's necessarily bad either because I need to see what they're going what they're going to do with it. Uh, you know, Braun Strowman is now, or it seems as if he's cashed in his money in the bank. I mean, that was kind of a grey area for me. But he did give the case to Baron Corbin and say, you know, make sure you bring this to Hell in a Cell. And while I, I looked on the website, this may have changed by now, but when I looked at it, it didn't seem to suggest that Reigns versus Braun Strowman isn't Hell in a Cell, even though Braun, you know, made it clear that it's meant to be because they've never done that before. As far as I'm aware, the two Hell in a Cell matches are Jeff Hardy Orton on SmackDown, and Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman over on Raw. And that makes perfect sense because you've got to imagine that Braun and Roman will headline and therefore Jeff and Randy can fit in the middle of the card and you, or even the start of the card and you don't have two Hell in a Cell, uh, you don't use the structure too close to each other because when you do that, it just ruins it. And if you are going to do that, just put everybody in Hell in a Cell and, you know, just drown it for good. So I don't know if that was necessarily a good idea when we could have just let the, the audience decide, but they're going to do that anyway. So if WWE wants to keep trying, then fair play to them. Um, and that, you know, that is obviously going to tie into the shield taking on Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. And that does make sense from a continuity. Oh my gosh. I can't talk from a, (laughs) I tried to say again, I just stopped continuity. Thank you brain from a continuity standpoint, because obviously Ambrose and Rollins have been feuding with Ziggler and McIntyre. At least there's some beef there. It seems silly to me. And I did a tweet when I said, you know, Bray Wyatt and, and Luke Harper now have nothing to do. I think that would have been more fun. If we're going to bring the Shield back, why not bring the Wyatt family back? It, it can only be a short-run thing. Bray Wyatt needs something to do. Luke Harper's underrated anyway. I just don't know how much, you know, Braun McIntyre and Ziggler, I don't know how much legs leg, legs that's got. But we'll see. You know, we, we, we will see what happens. I'm not going to be too down on it for now, as I've said, because it's one thing at the end of Raw. And I don't want to go, you know, I don't want to go too overboard with it. The other thing I think we need to talk about is Kevin Owens. Or at least, you know, talking about what other people have been referencing. You know, Kevin Owens is is an interesting case right now. He had an absolutely awesome match with Seth Rollins on Raw. I don't think I put it over enough when I did ups and downs this week. It was silly of me. I, I think I should have sold it more. But it really, really, really was very good. And obviously, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, it's got on my mind. Kevin Owens lost. The problem I have with that is I didn't mind Kevin Owens losing to Braun Strowman at SummerSlam. Well, now I kind of do because I thought we were putting Braun Strowman on a, you know, a road to gloriness. But instead, he's now all confused as well. And also, I thought, well, it doesn't matter if Braun beats Kevin bad here as long as Owens comes out the other side and gets put in a solid feud. Instead, he lost to Seth Rollins. It didn't really hurt him too much because the match was so good. And now he's quit. 
my big my, my worry there is I don't want him to go back to SmackDown because you can't keep ping ponging him around. It makes you feel like he has no worth. He doesn't matter. You know, they did reference it later on. Baron Corbin's on the phone to Stephanie and said he was going to sort the Kevin Owens situation out. Maybe it ties into the end of Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman because obviously Kevin Owens has beef with Braun and I'm sure you could tie it to something else. I can't see that happening. It seems a bit much of a stretch to me, but it could. So it's much like the Braun situation. It depends what WWE's plan is. Because it, it is a focal point, right? It is a talking point from Raw. So if that ties into something really cool and Kevin Owens starts doing some really interesting stuff, then it will put a spotlight on him and it will be fine. But I do think we've got to the point now where WWE sees Kevin Owens as such a multifaceted guy. They can put him in any situation and because he can deal with it, they don't need to worry about keeping him strong or putting him in feuds. And that does suck because Kevin Owens at this stage is becoming one of the most underrated people on the, rest, on the roster. He's really good. He... You know, he, he, he rarely, I don't say he rarely puts a, a, a foot wrong. That sounds a bit, that sounds a bit crazy. But he rarely, oh, I can't think of the right word. I'm not saying he rarely puts a foot wrong because everybody, you know, goes astray every now and then. But he just, he's got something, right? And you saw the reaction he got on Raw. I get they were in Canada, Toronto. And that's his, you know, his hometown. He's Canadian. But it's still, there's still something, something to him that I don't believe WWE's tapping into. And if they keep, heading on, you know, if they keep heading on in this direction, then yeah, eventually he will just become another guy because if you keep beating somebody down, how can you expect them, you know, to keep their head above water? But it's interesting. Maybe he wants some time off. Maybe he's just going to recharge his batteries. Maybe he did piss somebody off. I really don't know. I've got absolutely, I've got absolutely no idea. But we will, uh, we'll find out. And at least it's interesting and it's intriguing. It makes me want to see what they're going to do with Kevin Owens and I guess that's you know that's not that's not that's not the worst thing that's not the worst thing in the world but I don't know I I, I completely understand why people are upset with it I completely understand why people are ominous about how WWE sees Kevin Owens but as always I like to keep an open mind so I'm not going to, to get ahead of myself and sure if it goes downhill and he's not being used we can absolutely crap on it much like right now I'd crap on seeing Finn Balor and Baron Corbin go at it again you know, Baron Corbin in his heel GM roles puts Finn Balor in a match, changes it to no DQ halfway through, uses a, uses a chair, and that's that. I just, I don't need to see that feud anymore. I thought it ended wonderfully with the Demon stuff at WrestleMania. I feel like doing what we did on Raw again kind of undermines that because it, I felt like, you know, Finn had some, some kind of momentum and we've, we've got rid of that already. Stuff like that I don't need to see. Uh, the, 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 again, the, the Titus Worldwide stuff is fine, but feels a bit empty. I'm surprised that Jinder, Mah Jinder Mahal was put in a match with Dean Ambrose, because and it was put in the slot before the main event, which kind of made it feel like killer. Um, that was really strange to me. Like Dean Ambrose only been back two weeks, and already he feels like he's been back forever. So I'm hoping they they manage to capitalize on that. And I wasn't a massive fan of the B team just being walked over by the revival. I understand that Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas are meant to be a joke, but you can slowly start to turn that screw and change those ideas if you want to. And I think the problem we've got now is they've been treated as a fluke for so long, fans start going, oh, they're just a fluke. <laughs> they, don't, they don't know what they're doing. Uh, before we move on to SmackDown as well, though, I thought Trish Stratus with Elias was really fun. I think Elias may have amazingly got himself in a position where he never has to wrestle. I know he fought Kurt Hawkins last week, but it, you know he always is in this position. He's like, yeah, you just do whatever you want. Just make sure you're entertaining, and, that, and that's all we need. So, But yeah, I thought Trish coming out and some of the, vi um, some of the vibes that they, uh, or the jibes they sent to each other was... Uh, yeah, just it was just really, really good. And while super harsh when Elias said, you know, I don't date 60-year-olds, I thought it was a really, really good line, delivered excellently, and Trish's reaction by just slapping him around the face, you know, it was great. And then we, you know, we bled into the into the women's stuff, which is well, the only thing I don't understand about the women's stuff 
is that Brie Bella and Nikki Bella are both on Raw and SmackDown, and no one has ever explained to me why. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't understand. I really don't understand why that hasn't been. That hasn't been. Why haven't you told me why? No one else gets to do that. It, just because she's in two feuds, and also on Raw she kind of comes across like a heel, and then on SmackDown she's a super face because she's teaming with the Miz. So I don't know. I, 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 as you know, if you want ups and downs, the only reason I don't like it is I hate the start of that Breed Mode song. That weird robot voice. It yeah, makes me makes me makes me freak out. Shout out to Bobby Lashley as well. As I found out afterwards, a lot of people hate the Bobby Lashley skit. I thought he delivered his lines wonderfully, and he came across really funny. But as always, what do I know? I'm just some idiot on the internet. Actually, what I think about it as well as I transition to SmackDown on my SmackDown ups and downs, I said that. Andrade Cien Almas held up his end of the bargain. And that was just me saying, you know, he did well in the match. Daniel Bryan was great. And, you know, Andrade was, was just as good. But then everyone's coming to me saying, what does that mean? You're an idiot. What the fuck? It's the saying. It's the saying. We all know wrestling ain't real. I don't understand. People crazy. People, people gone crazy. But SmackDown was all right. I mean, SmackDown was a more enjoyable show than Raw. But again, it was one that was kind of devoid of... You know, nothing major, you know, nothing super huge happened on it. I thought the opening with The New Day was really funny. And what I really liked about the, the, the bit with The New Day was you didn't have to watch it. It was, it was, it was, you, you could watch it or you could ignore it. And it made absolutely no difference to the rest of um, the rest of the show. And I liked that. I think we could do more stuff like that. Often they just came out, they had some fun. Then King Booker arrived. <laughs> it was just dumb. It was just super, super dumb. And I, I got no problem with dumb. If you watch any of my stuff or anything about me, you know that I don't, I, I don't mind, I don't mind dumb at all. Thought it was weird. The clones just came back from nowhere. No vignette, no build up. It's just been away ages. They returned, but cool. Like the you know, SmackDown tag team division new, new, uh, needed new faces or old returning faces. They didn't technically lose. They hit the double backstabber on Gallows and Anderson, and then Cesaro stole the pin. And obviously they're now doing another tag team. I was a bit mean on the tag team tournament on ups and downs, but it's only because we saw one recently. And I get in sports, that's what we you know often do to to crown new challenges or winners. I just thought it was a bit lazy and we could have come up with something else. Anyway, Bar uh, Progress next week. They're going to fight the winners of Rusev Day, the Usos, and Sanity. And we had a little bit here as well. Rusev goes to Paige. Paige says that Rusev and Aiden English are in the tournament. Rusev thinks it's Lana. Lana said, no, it was Aiden. Now they'll lose next week and those two will start feuding. Whatever. I get it. I love Rusev. But I'm, I, I've already protected myself now and assume that he's always going to get screwed over in some sense. Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton cut a really bizarre promo. Not going to go into it here, but they are having a Hell in a Cell match at the pay-per-view. That's good because Jeff's always wanted one. And then Becky uh, Becky defeated... Oh, Charlotte, sorry, defeated Becky... Oh, my gosh. Charlotte defeated Carmella, uh, which kind of takes Carmella out of the women's title picture for now. And then Becky Lynch attached to her afterwards and did come across a bit like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm not going to go as far as other people. A lot of people are saying that, oh my gosh, she's just like Stone Cold. I don't think that's true at all. I think people are forgetting what Stone Cold Steve Austin did and what Stone Cold Steve Austin was. But I don't hate it at all. I've got no problem with Becky Lynch heel turn, especially if the rumors are true that WWE are just going to let it play out and see what the fans do. Because you can side with either of them. You can understand where Charlotte's coming from. You know, why would she just let Becky Lynch win? That's ridiculous. But also, yeah, Charlotte did kind of you know, worm her way into the Becky Lynch title picture. So I like that. I think it's one of the best, not only one, it's definitely one of the best feuds in WWE right now, but if it keeps going the way it's going, it will be the best women's feud WWE's ever done. It's got substance, they give it time, it's got characterization, there's twists and turns. So yeah, I, I, I like that. Um, I, I like that a lot. I mean, we had stuff with The Miz and Daniel Bryan 
uh, and Riley Silnam and Cianamas, all of that. But I've talked about that. I'm more concerned about people getting mad at me <laughs> for saying he held up his end of the bargain. He did. He did. Uh, I guess people just don't understand that that phrase. Whatever. Whatever. I don't care. Clearly, I care because clearly, I'm going. Uh, I'm going crazy about it. I'd also employ you to go and watch Callisto versus Buddy Murphy from 205 Live. That was really good. That was. Uh, that was just. Just. Yeah, it was just one of those matches where they actually let cruiserweights be cruiserweights, and I've got you know all the time in the all the time in the world for that because it's what makes the show feel different. You know, it absolutely you know separates it from Raw or SmackDown and gives you a reason to watch. And we didn't have that for ages. So yeah, I, I thought that was awesome. But yeah, it's all in week. That's what it's all about. So you know, if you are excited, let me know. Um, if you're going to get the show, not get the show, are you going to get the whole big pass and watch everything? You know, let me uh, let me know what you think about it. What you think it is going to change wrestling? Anything, anything you've got about All In and, and how you see it. Maybe you don't like it. Maybe maybe you think it's really really dumb. We should all actually before we move on to the Q and A. I'll also apologise as well. I knew I'd forgotten something. I forgot to put the Q and A thread over on the Facebook group. And of course, that is Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. You just search for that. It it slipped my mind, but luckily I think we've got we've got enough questions to. Uh, to, to fly through. So thank you very much for everyone that responded to that very, very late call. But obviously, it was announced this week that, or well, the rumor has come out anyway, that Neville has been released from his WWE contract. Now, there was also more speculation because apparently he was seen near WWE's medical facility. So, I mean, why he would leave and go back, I don't know. I don't think that's a thing. I think that's probably the internet being the internet. But of course, if he's free to go wherever he wants and we've got all in in five days, four days, three days, whatever it is, maybe he turns up at that show. You've got to imagine he's going to go to New Japan. You've got to think that everybody wants a piece of Neville. He's a really talented wrestler, nothing else. Plus, now he's got the WWE shine. Plus, given the controversy, everyone's going to want to see him. So that excites me very much. Neville is cool and, um, you know, just a great, just a great, just a great professional wrestler. And I don't know what went on, but that's not really anything to do with me. I was trying to think of a better way to put that, but it's not. I just want everyone to be happy, and I'm going to presume that he's happy now. And that, yeah, he's, uh, whatever the problem with the WWE was, has now been retired. Or is over. But we'll find out. But keep an eye on this Saturday if you want a surprise. Maybe Neville, maybe Neville is, um, is coming. So I've just seen it. I've just got a, a notification that Roman Reigns was on uh, Good Morning Britain this morning with Joe Swash. Who, what did Joe Swash used to do? He's in, in EastEnders, right? That's surreal. That's very surreal. And he brought the Universal title as well. And then the hosts are holding it, which means now, you know, Brock Lesnar would never have done that. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that. Let's answer some questions. Uh, again, I know this one's going to be a little shorter than usual. I do apologize, but it is rolling up for 20 past six here already. My word. And I've already got to do another podcast and a bunch of other stuff. I do apologize, but I wanted to get one in and hopefully you can appreciate that. So I will kind of speed through these questions just a little bit. I do apologize, but I'll make it up to you next week. I promise. Uh, Thomas Speller, what is your go-to karaoke song? The Unforgiven by Metallica. Don't know why. Nobody really knows that song apart from me, but I just enjoy singing it. And I am meant to be doing karaoke. I mean, these things always change but i'm meant to be doing it with marty skull bruce pritchard and jeff jarrett and if i can sneak it in i will although i imagine it's going to be that other song was it that jeff jarrett song i don't know the lyrics to that that's gonna be interesting although really if it's karaoke you should have it on the screen uh, my man adam pearson how was your flight to all in asked me in 24 hours i fly tomorrow morning and you've also asked with kevin owens quitting on raw we now have a chance to take him off tv for a while and perform a hard reboot on his character if you had to book his return how would you do it i go back to the prize fighter I'd let him have a target, be that the Intercontinental Championship, or if he can go to SmackDown, the, um, 
the US title, simply because I don't think he's going to go for a, a world championship. And I get back to that guy, a guy that you could believe in, a guy that was kind of almost cold in an intentional way, you know, hard-nosed, and you make him feel like he's, he's fighting. You know, he's not just a wrestler, he's a fighter. I, I would go back to that. But I do hope this is leading to something. I'd like to see Kevin Owens's... And I know he's been the universal champion, but you could he was felt like a stopgap. I think that's fair to say. So hopefully, yeah, this 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 will be the start of something and something we can all enjoy. And I think if we're enjoying it and Kevin Owens does well with it, and again, they've got a spotlight on him, I think that serves Kevin Owens very nicely. Uh, Jose Martinez, how many finishes did you go through before finally deciding on one? Just one. I had a submission one. Someone told me that's the dumbest thing they'd ever heard, and they were correct. And then I came up with the running power slam sit-down thing, sort of falcon arrow, blah, blah. I did it once. Everyone thought it looked good, so I thought, there it is. And I enjoyed doing it. So I was like, okay, well, that, that works. And it's a good power move, which is what I wanted. So... I long to get back to wrestling, slowly getting there with the shoulder, which just as another thank you as we're here, again, the Patreon has helped no end with that as well because I haven't been able to do as much work as possible. So you have no idea how much you've helped me because there's a lot of nonsense with that as well. So yes, thank you very much. Alex Pearson, what would you like to see the WWE do with Oscar? Put her on television? That would be nice. Go back in time and not break her streak? I mean, my worry with Oscar now is it certainly seems like the story between Naomi and the Iconics is that Naomi's going to need a tag team partner. We need to get Oscar back on TV because she is a big deal. And so we put the Iconics versus Naomi and Oscar. I just don't like that. I'm not saying that it wouldn't be good, but just on paper, it just makes me shrug my shoulders and go, okay, I don't think that's something I'm really going to invest in. Um, but I think we found our place with Oscar now. You know, I just realized that Nakamura wasn't on SmackDown either, which is terrible. But, you know, the two Royal Rumble winners that haven't really been treated in the way that I'd hoped. But at least Nakamura's kicking ass. But hopefully we can get Oscar back to where she was before because she's really good. And it's it's crazy not to not to capitalize on that. I don't I don't I don't understand. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You 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 tell me. I'm talking about uh, refresh refreshing characters as well. There's also a rumor that Bray Wyatt is going to go through a um uh, somewhat of a of a of a evolution or a rebranding. And I've been saying that for ages. I I really want them to change the uh, the, the entrance music. I've always thought that was. I know people love that, but I always thought starting there will you know that, that that's where you have to start that's where you have to start so i'm hoping i'm hoping that does happen um and we can do something new you know new with 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 daniel uh, daniel Bryan. so i'm reading my notes it's ridiculous hopefully we can do something new with bray wyatt he certainly needs it i think whatever character he was before is now done you know i don't think there's anything we can do to save it so i would uh yeah i i, I, I hope to see that i, I really really do but you know, we'll wait and see uh, Christopher Brown, why slaps head as if playing bongos? I like that. Do Finn Balor and or WWE hate fans? I want to see him wrestle Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. The problem with that, Christian, is if we did move Finn Balor to the 205 Live, because I can't see Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander being moved the other way, people are just going to get mad because they think WWE has quote-unquote jobbed out Finn Balor by moving him to 205 Live in the Cruiserweight division. So I think that's a lose-lose there, although we would like to see those matches. Number two, you have to pick someone to feud with. Your choices are either Triple H, who may bury you, Hulk Hogan, who may bury you, or Kratos, who may literally rip you in half. Who are you picking and why? Well, Kratos, right? Because at least I'm going to go out with a bang. No one's ever feuded with Kratos before in a wrestling ring. And I imagine that will go down in history, whereas being buried by Triple H or Hulk Hogan, that's happened to loads of people. I don't want to be part of that clientele. I want to be my own crazy person. So yeah, Kratos, man, bring it on. And maybe he may look at me and go, that's another bull, dude. And we may just get on. We may sit down and just share a green tea together. So no, I'm absolutely going to say Kratos. And, you know, please mourn my body once he, once he rips me apart. 
Mike Spiedel. Now that Braun is a heel, in quotes, is there any true baby faces left that aren't getting buried? Balor, Apollo, Lashley, other than The Shield. Is WWE trying to make The Shield the main top card baby faces? Well, they're using The Shield to try and get Roman Reigns over, get him cheered. That's quite obvious. I don't mind it. You know, The Shield came back end of last year and then circumstances outside of WWE's control changed that. So I don't mind them bringing it back now. Also, it makes sense. They would protect their friend. Otherwise, there are not a lot. I mean, AJ Styles, right? AJ Styles isn't getting buried. He's a WWE champion, and he is a, a true blue babyface. So in that sense, no. Becky Lynch would have been one, but obviously that's a whole thing now. But AJ Styles is the only one, and you're right. WWE does need more babyfaces. They have too many heels and not enough babyfaces. And again, that ties into Roman Reigns, but we've talked about that. But AJ Styles is one, yes. Mike Flaff. I'm not 100% sure on this, but I believe no one has ever debuted in the Royal Rumble and won the whole thing. Who from NXT or any other company do you think could accomplish this besides Kenny Omega? Well, I think if Kenny Omega debuted in the Royal Rumble, he would not win it. I don't see that happening at all. I think he'd have the AJ Styles treatment and he'd be the Iron Man. I don't think anybody has ever debuted and won the Royal Rumble. I don't have a sure. I don't think it could ever happen unless it is someone that got so over in NXT that they had no choice. And I don't believe there's anybody there now that they would give that to. I think they'd only do that if they had some kind of monster. I know Lars Sullivan fits that profile, but I don't think they'd do it with him. Just my gut feeling. So I really don't know the answer to that. I don't think it'd be anybody outside the company. If anybody has made their name outside the company, I don't think they'd be allowed to win the Royal Rumble on day one. I think it'd have to be a WWE guy. On the top of my head, I don't know who that would be. So that may never happen. Especially because it ties into the main event of WrestleMania. And that is one hell of a push. So it may never, ever happen. Ross Chaplin, would you keep Aaron Rodgers... You win the Super Bowl, but he immediately retires after one last magical run or trade for Andrew Luck or any other young quarterbacks you like. That's if I remember your NFT of the Green Bay Packers correctly. You have, Ross. And I did actually say any question. I meant wrestling related. Unfortunately, I haven't really followed American football now for maybe three years. I just kind of fell out for it because I was so busy. And I always check an eye on scores and stuff, but I'm not really an authority to answer that question anymore. If you asked me five years ago, but man, when the Super Bowl, when the, the Patriots first won the Super Bowl in what, 2001? No, one, two thousand, whenever it was, I was I was super into it. And that's when I first got into it. And I played for a while as well. But now, yeah, just just left me by the wayside. I didn't get back into it. I do enjoy it. Uh, but, but, Buck J. Setchler, which is a great name. Would Gargano or Champa fare better on the main roster? It all depends how they're pushed. Like, even No Way Jose, who's vanished off the face of the planet, even you know, even he, if he was pushed well, could have a good run, but he doesn't. And I think that's the issue. It all depends on who they get pushed. I mean, looking at them, I'd say Champa probably has a better shout, but there is no rhyme or reason to NXT call-ups. There is a rumor that apparently one WrestleMania, either next year or the year after, is going to end with a big NXT invasion, which would be cool, especially if Triple H led it as well. Then you get your star power too. But yeah, I think it all depends on Vince McMahon and stories. If everyone has a story, everyone can be pushed. That doesn't happen a lot. Charlotte Sandiford. Hi, Simon. Hope your collarbone is healing up. Thank you, Charlotte. Just wanted to shout out that your Miller's musings are excellent, and I really look forward to each new one you make. Oh, well, that's very, very nice. Cheap plug as well. Um, I am into mental health, which sounds weird, but I'm very passionate about it. If you do go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report Rules, you will find a weekly series called Miller's Musings where I talk about all that stuff, and it's there to help as much as I can. I'm not saying I can, but that's the aim, so please do check it out if you fancy it. My question is regarding the Ascension. What did WWE do with them as they seem to be jobbers? what would you suggest separating them or moving them to the other show i think the ascension are one of those teams that are now so far removed this is their position for life as i said on ups and downs i don't think that's a good idea i think that you know we need tag teams and the ascensions are established to a point that we probably could have 
you know, um, at least built them back up so that nobody thought they were jokes anymore. But instead, we fed them to Bobby Lashley. I'm not. That's not a massive problem. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't hate that idea. I quite like Bobby Lashley, but I don't know what you can do with them now. They clearly don't have any plans for them. They clearly don't. You know, see them very highly. Maybe it would be best just to move them to SmackDown, as long as they were put right into the tag team division. It doesn't even matter if they lose all their matches. They just need to be featured better. And at the moment, they're not featured at all. When they are, again, they get beaten by one dude. But how good they were in NXT as well. It's such a shame when things like that happen. They've just, you know, they've been left persona on Grata for too long, and now they're just used as, as whipping boys, which does suck. It really, really does. Richard Allen Norman. How awesome would Bobby Lashley and Apollo be as a tag team? I think that'd be good. It'd be good. They'd probably complement each other quite well. Bobby Lashley can be the hard-hitting guy, and Apollo can be the flippy guy. He's got a load of flips. I'd like it. I'd be up for it. We need more tag teams. And they'd both be doing something then. Yes, I'm, I'm in. Liam Christopher. Hi, Simon. How do you think WWE will reintroduce Jason Jordan? I'm thinking maybe a storyline where he wins Angle his job back. Well, apparently Jason Jordan may not be back for a while because his neck is a lot worse than we first thought. Uh, if he does come back, I would rather they just drop the Kurt Angle thing. It didn't work at the time. It made the whole thing very problematic. And it's not like WWE's just forgotten those things before. So if he comes back, I'd rather he just came back. I'd rather just put him with Chad Gable and put him in a tag team on Raw or SmackDown and let them do that. We don't see Chad Gable on SmackDown. I don't think it was working for Jason Jordan on Raw as they intended. So I'd like that. I'd like um, American Alpha back. I think it could happen. We do need tag teams, especially now you know Matt Hardy's out with an injury and the deleter of worlds are no more. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. That would be the best. Richard Ingman, will All In be a better show than SummerSlam was? Hope your recovery is going well, broski. Thank you, Richard. I think it's going to be a more a show that we remember for longer if it goes the way that everybody wants it to go. Whether or not it's better than SummerSlam, I mean, yeah, probably in some regards, especially if you're into that more indie stuff, for lack of a better term. And it's shorter too. Yes, it probably will be a better show because it has to be. And I think all those guys on that card will go out of their way to make sure that it is. So I'm going to say Yes. Jonathan Gibbons, is linking Heyman and Owens a waste of their talents or will combining them bring out their best? Who would, you, who would your ultimate Heyman guy or girl be from the current roster, including NXT? I think the um, uh, Heyman and Owens together could kind of do what Punk and Heyman did a few years ago. So it doesn't matter that Owens can talk. You know, Heyman, that partnership with Heyman and Punk was really fun to watch. And that's the main thing. And also, if Heyman's doing nothing on TV and we need to do something with Kevin Owens, yeah. Why not? I mean, he'd certainly be in my conversation for the ultimate. Uh, Roman Reigns, I thought would have been an interesting story if we'd done it at Mania, but we, uh, SummerSlam, but we didn't, so there's no point doing it now. If Dean Ambrose went heel, I wouldn't mind that, although Dean Ambrose doesn't need it at all. But I just think that would look cool. From NXT, I wouldn't mind seeing it with Ciampa. Again, Ciampa doesn't need it, but I think when he comes up to the main roster, he'll need all the help he can get, given everything we've talked about, and I think Paul Heyman would give him that. So they would be my list. James Brunfield, why is WWE so obsessed with 50-50 booking? Heal up soon, sir. We need you to back in the ring, asking the important question and answering it. Why? Here's why, slaps head. Uh, thank you, man. Why is, I don't know why they're so obsessed with that 50-50 booking. I guess because they want to keep everybody strong. Or at least that's how they see it in their heads. But it is ridiculous. I, 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 this is why, again, I didn't get mad at uh, Kevin Owens losing to Braun Strowman. Because like, at least you're going to push him. <sighs> I don't know why they do it. I really don't. I, I don't think it's shown any benefit. I don't think anyone particularly likes it. I don't have an, I'd love to have an answer for your question. I don't have one. I don't know. <laughs> I really, really don't know, James. It's strange. Maybe one day it changes. I hope so anyway. Aiden O'Connell. What's the long-term plan with Kurt Hawkins? I know he's lost over two hatches matches straight. Where do you think it'll end and how and who takes the pin? Ugh. 
I don't think that WWE has any long-term plans for it. I think maybe one day if there's an idea where it makes sense to humiliate uh, a cowardly heel, then they'll allow Kurt Hawkins to win. But it won't do anything for Kurt Hawkins, which sucks. I really like Kurt Hawkins. I think he's underutilized, to say the least, and underrated. I think he'd be doing a lot more, but I don't think WWE's interested in it. So, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know. I could see maybe someone like Baron Corbin losing to Kurt Hawkins, as a, like I say, because he's a cowardly chicken shit heel. But then Kurt Hawkins won't be on TV next week, so it'll mean nothing, and then I'll be sad again. Uh, Craig Preston Hyder, thoughts on them turning Braun heel? We talked about that, so uh, yeah, you know, we've got to let it play out, but it's certainly weird. Uh, Scott Rinaldi, John Cena is trying to do a rock and smash Hollywood, and he's doing a decent job of it so far. Who else do you see on the current roster that could maybe make the same career change once they reach the twilight of their in-ring career? Miz would be an obvious answer, but to be honest, I'm not sure people would take him in the same way as Cena or The Rock. No, I don't think so either, because they don't have... Um, the Rock, the Rock, and John Cena have—I can't even explain it—but the Miz doesn't. The Miz has it in a different way, but not in that way. And John Cena is doing it. Uh, you know, he is absolutely smashing it. He really, really is. Like, I don't think anybody could could argue that that he's not. You know, especially given everything that he's done from where he was originally. I think the Miz is one of those people that you just have to take your hat off and go, man. The the, the sheer strength of character and the the mental fortitude that dude has is actually quite incredible. I don't think anything there's anybody else on the roster right now that would make that transition well. I always thought Dean Ambrose would do well, not to that level, but I, you know, I, I've seen him in some vignettes and stuff, or some some adverts and trailers, and I always thought he had an acting, you know, something about him when it comes to acting. But no, I can't think of anybody on the roster. I mean, Braun Strowman would fit in a good stereotypical role, but um, but what Cena and then John Cena are doing, I don't think there's anyone on the roster right now that would make that jump easily. But it could be surprised, right? You never know. But if you know, I have to pull a name out of my head, I don't think I have one. Stuart Erridge, if you had to put together a five-man Survivor Series team of mid-card talent, Miller's Merry Men, Triple M, I like it, who's on your team? Assuming they would be faces, as you're a white meat baby face yourself. Uh, right, mid-card talent. Well, Kevin Owens, oh, he's a face. Mid-card talent. The problem is, what is mid-card talent these days? So I'll do my best to answer that. Well, Finn Balor, he'd be on my team. Obviously, I'm on my team, so that's two. I technically think Rusev is a face, so I'm going to say Rusev, and you're going to all disagree with that, but that's fine. So Rusev... Seth Rollins, he's a mid-card guy. He's a kind of champion. That's a mid-card guy. And then I'd have... I want to say Roman Reigns because then I'd win. I'm assuming you're going to mean WWE people. I will go with... I don't want to say Dean Ambrose because I don't want Seth and Dean. That's boring. I am going to put Kurt Hawkins on my team. I just said that I wanted to be pushed. I'm going to have him on my team... And he's going to be the first guy to lose, you know, to get out of the match. But I'm going to put on my team. I want him to get a push. There you go. Tristan Dan Whitcomb. What are you most excited about in WWE over the coming months? And what are your plans for the, yester year, for the rest of the year in wrestling? Love the podcast. Thank you, Tristan. I appreciate it. What am I, I'm, I'm really excited about whatever we do with the Royal Rumble. I think we're going to have a good Royal Rumble this year. I think there's going to be some, a few surprises. Otherwise, I just want to see what happens with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. I really like the Becky Lynch Charlotte program. Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman is stupid, but it's intriguing. And yet, if they do get any new acquisitions along the way, I want to see how they're going to debut. I thought they were a lot stronger after SummerSlam than they are now. I know it's only been a week, but it does feel like the bubble popped a little bit. And I think maybe for the rest of the year, it'll be a bit quiet. W seems to do that. But yeah, then we get to Monday, uh, Monday, January, and we can kick things off again. Um, as for my plans for the rest of the year in wrestling, I just need to get my shoulder better. I need to rehab. And then as soon as it's better, I'm getting back in the ring. Uh, you know, uh, Defiant Wrestling announced the loaded tapings returning, you know, weekly YouTube show at the end of the year. I'd love to be a part of that. I really, really would. That'd be awesome. 
So that's kind of a penciled in goal. But at the moment, I've just got to see what happens and, and see where my medical my medical advice takes me. But yeah, just get back in the ring at the moment. It sucks that this has happened. It really does. Sammy Ellis. What do you think of maybe Corbin stealing the briefcases? Technically, it still hasn't been cashed in. Just handed over. I would personally hate that. <laughs> but I think it would make for a good storyline as well. So maybe. Maybe. It could. He's a, he's a heel. GM. That's what they do. I don't think people would like that very much. Sam Oakley, how do you feel about the possible introduction of women's tag titles? Got no problem with it as long as WWE introduced more women onto the roster. Otherwise, you get the same problem that we're getting on Raw and SmackDown with the same people keep fighting each other. Imagine it was the Bar versus Gallows and Anderson. At least the clones made it interesting again because we haven't seen them in so long. So it's fine, but you've got to extend the roster first. And finally, Oscar Oscar Velarde, haven't said that right at all. Uh, have you ever watched any American indie shows? Which is your favorite? May I recommend watching Hood Slam on Twitch? It's a fun wrestling show out of Oakland, California. Well, I know Hood Slam because a good friend of mine, AJ Kirsch, is uh, synonymous with those guys. I have watched it for every now and then. I think Hood Slam is a lot of fun. Other than that, no, I don't just because I think it's quite hard to track them down over in England. And if it's not, I don't know how to watch them. But no, I would definitely shout out Hood Slam. Definitely shout out AJ Kirsch. Uh, good dude all round. But, um, yeah, I mean, if I could watch, well, I say that I watch a lot of wrestling as it is. Sometimes it's nice just to have a, have a little bit of a break, but I certainly would try and get into them. Absolutely. I would, uh, you know, I, I would try and track them down. So any suggestions? Yeah, let me know. But Hood Slam, I, absolutely. I've, I've, Hood Slam is fun. Ridiculous, but, you know, uh, but, but definitely fun. Uh, so we'll start wrapping up there. We smashed out 45 minutes, which is still good. My whole point when we revamped these was to make them over an hour. But like I say, I'm going to do another podcast in 20 minutes and I do just need 10 minutes to go to the loo and sort myself out. There you go. Transparency till the end. Uh, but look, I, I want to get one up. I certainly don't want to miss it uh, at all. Uh, if you are my Patreon, again, updates about All In all week. Same over on What Culture Wrestling, so go and subscribe to that. On Twitter, Instagram, at Simon316. Come give me uh, a follow, should you so wish. Rot Reacts is another YouTube channel I do. Where I just react to music, a lot of fun with my man John Denton. And the Facebook group, Simon is Pro Wrestling Podcast and YouTube.com forward slash The Miller Report Rules. And if you are on iTunes, please give us five stars, rate us, review us, do all of that. Um, we're on everything but Spotify but hopefully going to rectify that soon share the love put us on social media do whatever you want but as always the support is awesome I love talking to you once and twice a week and I will talk to you again very soon